We here at No True Bill hereby fully incorporate by reference our disclaimer from season one. Thank you and stay blessed. You know what it is. This is Joe. And Cheryl. And I'm Ray. And this is No True Bill. Season 2, Episode 2. This is a little bit different case. This is a survival story. story of Mary Vincent, um, the good-for-nothing guy that uh, tried really hard to kill her. This was a case suggestion from Raymond's own sister. Love you, girl. Great work. I hope that you enjoy. Alright. Story time for Ray, again. Okay. That's why we're here. Indeed. Uh, I have to give 100% props on this one to my sister. Oh, hey. What up, girl? Had never heard of this uh, victim or perpetrator. And then she just, I don't know, a week or so ago was like, hey, sent me a text and was like, you guys need to do an episode on this. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, whatever. I've never heard of it. And then I looked into it and I was like, oh my God. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Shout out. Good luck, Toria. <laughs> um, and so my sources on this were a book. I don't. I won't give you the title because I don't want to give it away. Give it away. Uh, there was a lot of media. <laughs> no, I got that stuck in my head. You're welcome. There was a lot of media um, coverage on this one. Print media, YouTube, podcasts. Um, I watched an episode of. Well, I'll just get the cat out of the bag on this one. As I told Joe and Cheryl before we did this story it was going to be a little bit different because this one's actually going to be a survivor story mm. um well uplifting a little column a, a little column b okay um but so i watched an episode of i survived um Love and then consulted with uh certain legal documents and so i think with all of that i've probably not prepared as well as i ought to but i know the case is well enough to do this podcast so this is the story of Mary Vincent, primarily. There's a there's a second act to this story, if you will, but primarily it's Mary Vincent. Um, Mary Vincent was born in 1963, and in September of 1978, she's 15 years old, living in Vegas with her family. She's one of seven kids. Um, her parents met while her dad was in the military, and at that time, back in 78, dad's a mechanic. Mom is a blackjack dealer at one of the casinos. casinos. Um <clears throat> Apparently, she was a very talented, competitive dancer, had aspirations of dancing professionally. I think she wanted to be like a ballerina. Oh, okay. Um, round about this time, though, her parents are going through a very rocky divorce, and she decides that she's going to run away. How would you say she was? 15? Fif that 15. Up? Okay. <clears throat> and apparently, I, I, certain sources suggested that perhaps she'd done this before for a few stints, you know, mm -hmm. like three, four days a week, whatever. But this time it's, it was the seventies, like, right? That's, yes. It yeah. was the late seventies. And so she, um, decides a la the seventies, mm -hmm. I'm a hitchhike. Mm. Um, and so she hits, so many bad stories start that way. Right. right. That's probably why, you know, 
people don't be hitchhiking that much anymore, right? Um, so an Uber. Oh, right. Yeah. So yeah, she hitchhikes from Vegas and she goes, she makes her way up to the Bay Area in California um, where there was this little side story about she met a dude. Uh, I can't remember his name now. It started with an A. Or, oh, I'm sorry, with an R. It was like Robert. Ro- no, it was like <laughs> Rafi or something. Oh, I don't remember. Okay. Something like that. But regardless, dude who's 26 years old and they're like, living out of his car or something for a while. And then he apparently there was a, there was a thing that I couldn't necessarily confirm that he uh, was arrested for raping a 15 year old. Oh. Um, And so at this point she's in the greater Bay area. She's homeless, no support system at 15. Right. Yikes. And there was, um, so as I was, I was, I was telling you guys before, it depends on which source you go to as to exactly what happened. Like some of these little ancillary, not so critical details would vary. Like for example, some people, some accounts have her saying that from the San Fran area, she's trying to get to Corona, California, which is, uh, and go live with grandpa. And that's in a suburb of LA. Okay. Um, others were that she was trying to get back home. She got homesick. She wanted to go back to Nevada. I don't know. Um, but she probably don't want to be homeless in the Bay Area. So right. She's so either way, go she's going to family. Yeah. Trying to. And um, she makes her way to a popular hitchhiking location in Berkeley, mm. just off the campus there at UC Berkeley on University Avenue. It's an area known as Hitchhiker's Corner. Formerly known as, I presume. Yeah. <laughs> in the late 70s, I imagine. You know, it, it was it, it basically as I as it was portrayed this hitchhiker's corner was more or less a gateway to anywhere in California, Nevada, wherever, um, presumably because hitchhiking was so prevalent back then. But then um, it was, well, it was so prevalent back then, period. Mm -hmm. But particularly in Berkeley, the kind of cradle of counterculture. And and there were always co-eds traveling from campus here, there, and wherever. And, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, we'll give you a ride. No problem. Mm -hmm. So hitchhiking was rampant there cash gas or ass am i right well that's probably <laughs> that's probably about Damn right yeah Joe. that's where i'm sure it's where it came from berkeley yeah but that's right um <laughs> so here's 15 year old mary vincent standing there at hitchhiker's uh corner with a sign that said something to the effect of going south and she's and boy did things go well south. yes they did <laughs> she's standing there apparently uh Accounts were wearing a light pink top, jeans, tennis shoes, has a green backpack and a maroonish purse. Uh, Couldn't be more innocent. Couldn't be more vulnerable. Like that is what she possesses. Those are her worldly possessions. That's it. Yeah. Um, And I believe it was mid to late afternoon. I want to say in one version of events, I heard it was maybe like 4 p.m. Apparently a burly, but still unassuming middle-aged dude, um, I think at the time he was, he was North of 50. Okay. Um, she actually, in the episode of I, I survived described him as a grandfatherly looking guy. Um, well, when you're 50, well, I was going to say, remember yeah, right. over 50 is an old, old person. Right. Yeah. Um, not anymore. And he, no. he pulls I up. I was very excited when Ray referred to him being over 50. He's middle aged. I was mm-hmm. like, that is wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so he pulls up in a blue Ford Econoline van 
And um, apparently like the one physical (laughs) characteristic that everybody recalls about this guy is he has that telltale bulbous drinker's nose. Oh, yeah. Um, And so C's dude, he um, well, so one thing that she described in the episode of I Survived was she says she's in front of the line and there were two other guys behind her headed in the same general direction southward um and when dude pulls up they can see that the van is empty it's just him um and i don't even think there was like seating in the back it was just like a work van oh, and it had the two front seats or whatever and in the back totally empty yeah good just to go for yeah but he says <clears throat> he can only take one person and well mary mm-hmm. and she claims that the other two dudes behind him were like girl don't do it mm-hmm and she was like, I gotta, I gotta go. Like, I gotta take a ride. And so she goes solo with this guy. Um, and he introduces himself, she says, as Larry, um, says he'll give her a ride to where she wants to go. But first, they have to go back to his house nearby, quote unquote, mm-hmm. to help him load up some stuff. And she agrees. And apparently they go back to his house and in fact do load up some items. Dead bodies. And then they get back in the van and they commence their journey. Okay. And so that part, at least thus far, wasn't a ruse. He goes and loads up the van and they leave. Yeah, that I mean that actually did happen. Okay. He, um and then in their ensuing small talk, he tells her that, oh, I have a fifteen ish year old daughter as well. Which was actually true. Um, he said he disclosed to her that he had another house. He's got the house there in the in the Bay Area, and then he's got another house in Nevada. And he apparently said something about he he's a merchant seaman, merchant uh, mar- merchant, merchant marine. marine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, there's a whole lot about that that I have written down, and you know when we maybe get into who this dude was, a little bit of his backstory. But yeah, he basically says I'm a commercial sailor. Mm-hmm. Um, And they continue to make small talk until that sort of fizzles out. And then she gets sleepy and falls asleep. And when she wakes up, she notices they are not heading south on the five toward L.A. or wherever like they're supposed to be going. But in fact, they're headed like I think east or or even east like northeast, Mm -hmm. not the way of Vegas or L.A. Either one of the places she that like i said that part's a little bit in dispute but regardless she woke up and was like shit we are not going where we're supposed to be going right um and she protests and some accounts say that she was able to get some kind of stick it was characterized as a surveyor's stick a couple times from presumably somewhere within the back of the uh, the back of the van Mm -hmm. and she either just threatened him with it or actually hit him with it but basically said, you know, take me where you said you were going to take me. This is not the way. And, you know, threatens him effectively. Um, And I've seen some versions that say he actually apologized, said, sorry, I'm an honest man. I made an honest navigational mistake. Um, I'll turn it around. No problem. And and navigate a boat for a living. Right. And then apparently he does turn it around, but then somewhere in the, um, 
again, this I couldn't really substantiate this, but there was one version where apparently they stopped somewhere in the greater Sacramento area, which is actually slightly northwest of San Fran, which shows you they were not, not the right way they were going. Yeah, um, They stopped, get food. He got something and then a soda of some sort poured out a large portion of the soda and then filled it back up with liquor mm. and started to take a shit ton of liquor to the face as he takes as he commences like take this one with wheels yeah um and so later they are going through an extremely desolate area known as del puerto canyon which is just south on the five of modesto um and he stops the van says he has to pee and some versions are she had to pee too some are that she just wanted to stretch but either way she also gets out of the van and when she bends down to tie her shoe, um, she said in the I Survived episode that she was thinking that if shit goes south and I need to foot bail, I can probably outrun this dude. But, but you got to make sure your shoes don't come untied. Right, I got to tie right? my shoes. So we know about that. She bends <clears throat> down to tie her shoes um, and she is... At that point, that's she's struck with something. Oh, some versions are she's struck with a fist. Some are that she was struck with a hammer. Oh. The way she portrays it, or the way yeah, the she portrays it is she was hit with a sledgehammer. I assume like a small few hammer or few weight, few pound, few pound, yeah, sledgehammer. Oh, enough to really hurt though. Goodness. Right. Um, and then he drags her into the van, rips off her clothes, ties her hands behind her back, and rapes her orally and vaginally. She said in her version on the show that he raped her around six times um Jeez. throughout this night um so she was conscious i guess just- yes i don't know if she came to when he's dragging her into the van and, and ripping her clothes off oh. if she was just kind of stunned and never actually lost consciousness if she woke up mid-rape i, I don't know that part um, but regardless, he hit her to the point that he was able to subdue her, pull her in the van, sure. and then tie her up and, and you know, have his way with her. Um, and after that, this initial instance of rape that – so, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. um, she said, as I indicated, she said it was probably six times. It was like the, just a, a night of horrors. Mm-hmm. That's not the way he was ultimately indicted. So I don't know, Mm -hmm. Um, but at some point during this, um, this night, he falls asleep, but she can't do shit because she's too tied up. Oh yeah. And sometime as like in, in maybe the dawn pre-dawn timeframe, he wakes up, drives a little farther. um, And I don't know if it was. During this leg, before he fell asleep or what, but there was some, there was reference in, in multiple sources to him plying her with a lot of liquor, mm. forcing her to drink it. Um, and so this time he stops, he stops a second time. And this time he rapes her orally, vaginally and anally. Um, and the whole time she's asking, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And he never says anything. And she's continuously pleading with him to be set free. And he never says anything. Um, and she actually says that at some point thereafter, she passed out, whether it was the alcohol, maybe it was laced, whether he hit her again, right? 
but she there was a, Could, a version she that, probably had a concussion at right, the very right least it might have been one of those with a hammer lucid intervals or whatever you know where she's in and fading in and out of consciousness i don't know mm-hmm. and i haven't heard any mention of hitting a in and out burger or anything uh, no that's so, true I mean, no no food i mean they did stop supposedly when he stopped and poured the cup out and then filled it back up with the liquor that was a like a but that was pre hammer time oh yeah 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 you know yeah yeah, yeah. and um bang energy drink that's right <laughs> delicious strawberry kiss what you know kiss what you know um so then she wakes up and now it is the following morning i think she actually she, she said in the episode of i survived that she saw the sun come up but now it's the morning and she is being dragged along this desolate roadway about 50 yards from the van um he has he's dragging her but he has cut the rope bindings around her wrists Mm -hmm. and she is completely naked and it's at around this time she sees that he uh pulled from the toolbox within the van a hatchet and says you want to be set free i'll set you free oh and i don't trust it he he chops off her left they're like that sounds like a threat (laughs) he chops off her left hand oh oh my god severs the arm just below the elbow what why and she said that she she recounts that she was at that point she sees the hatchet hatchet comes down and i guess because of adrenaline nerves whatever the pain hadn't set in yet she wasn't really certain what had just happened and she was confused because she knew that as he was dragging her she was clutching him and then suddenly she's falling and her brain it's not computing she's like i'm holding on to him but yet i'm falling and then she realized that she's falling because the arm that she was clutching onto him with he just her arm and hand he just severed and he then um, and he threw her off of something apparently if she's falling no well, she was holding him while he was dragging uh, her and he chopped her arm off and so and now she, so now she just she's just fell to the ground him. i dig it yeah i dig it oh oh and then he took the hatchet <laughs> and chopped off her other arm oh my ah! god and it took with the second arm it took several blows and after several blows with the hatchet, she sees that he's violently shaking his arm. Uh, and it first is confused. She's like, what the hell is he doing? Until it computes in her brain that the arm she was clutching him with is still, although severed, is still clutching him. Oh, the, the muscles and the nerves are, are like a death grip. Yeah. Basically. And so he she's looking at him and he's trying to, to throw her arm, arm off, off of him. him. Uh, Certified bad bitch is what I'm saying. Cut my arm off. I don't care. I'm still squeezing. <laughs> I'm still getting you. That's still right. getting you, son. And so oh, now geez. she says at this point, she's still conscious. But as a last ditch effort to. Gotta be losing Survive. so much blood. She's right. she's laying still, basically playing possum. Yeah. And at this point, there are different accounts on this one, but the way I'll give her credit, the way she characterizes it is she he threw her off of a 30-foot, basically sheer cliff. And 
according to the episode of I Survived, it broke four ribs. Um, and in the book, I don't know if this is actually accurate. I couldn't find any sources that I felt were super credible on this one. Mm-hmm. In the book, he apparently, you know, took the took the hands and bounced. And there was a lot of stuff about, I guess, at the bottom of this ravine or whatever he threw her in there was a drainage culvert that ran underneath the roadway Mm -hmm. and there were different versions it had after he chucked her over the hillside he like kicked her in there to try to just conceal the body body because he assumes if she's not dead yet she will be soon yeah um but regardless chucked her over this embankment and either left her for dead or kicked her into this culvert and then left her for dead Mm -hmm. and the book says gathered up the hands and left And she says she is extremely tired, cold, you know, because like Cheryl said, the the blood loss has got to be tremendous. Oh, yeah. But she says the way she characterizes it is she refused to give up because she concluded that if she died and didn't, you know, survive and help bag this dude, that he would do this to other people people for sure i mean and and again certified bad do you go from zero to cutting people's hands off no you don't you don't and right but how does that i mean if somebody people successfully commit suicide by merely right severing the or or like yeah right you just cut it the right way but this is actually actually chopping it off every blood vessel i don't know dude i don't get it certified gangster But so then she's apparently, you know, kind of on the brink of passing out and then concludes, no, I've got to muster the willpower. It's not 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 my day. Mm -hmm. Not today, Satan. Mm -hmm. Not like this. And so, you know, this is like I said, this is arid, desolate, basically California desert. Yeah. And she basically said, I mean, she didn't say this, but doing the math, what she did was she jammed her stumps in the dirt and a combination of the dirt and the blood i have to presume made like a bloody muddy mixture yeah and she packed her nubs mm-hmm. with this mud to try mm-hmm. to stem the blood flow and then 15 year old girl yeah certified and then she climbed this hill with no hands mm-hmm. and she then now like i said it's it's daytime and she's cut walk- my hands off right now. I won't even be able to get off the ground. Right. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, she making me feel like a real punk for right. complaining that's about what, anything. That's what I'm moment. saying. That she she bad. Yeah. Um and then so then now she's made it. It apparently she she says it took her essentially the entire day to make it up this hill mm-hmm. with no hands. Um so basically the entire day, California heat naked it's in i mean it's it's september um climbing out of this canyon no hands and round about dusk ish maybe slightly after nightfall she makes it back up to the roadway level ground and she begins to walk probably you know at this point with the blood loss and everything the, the supposedly broken ribs she's probably staggering stumbling very slowly but she says she hears the din noise of highway music or highway music jesus christ mm-hmm. highway uh traffic yeah wherever she is whatever this this side road I'm sure is it was music to her ears yeah right yeah, 
she she can tell like okay i think that's probably the five i don't know if i if i just keep walking i don't know if it'll intersect or if i can keep walking there's going to be a road that i can turn on that will hit the highway but like i just got to keep going and um and she walks and walks and the guesstimation is that she walked about three miles until now it's right about dawn and she says a vehicle a convertible rose up and it was two dudes top down who saw her as she's screaming for help and they panicked and peeled the fuck out left her there Mm. and she says she continues to walk until the way she a naked 15 year old girl with no fucking hands Right. Yeah. They were like, she's got to be a bloody, dirty muddy, mm-hmm. mess. Mm-hmm. But as naked, take off. it was, they were saying, you know, I mean, like the way she phrased it, or I think she did, it was like, you know, something worse than out of a horror story, like or a horror movie. You, you're just driving down the road, casual, casual drive. And what the hell is that? You know what I mean? And I guess, yeah, you would think, okay, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to have to be that's, that's a person right. who needs help, but they, no, they just left her. And she says, I continue to walk. And her version is a pickup truck approaches and they stop. It is a male and a female, supposedly honeymooning, hmm. who throw her, throw her in the bed and are like, we're going to get you some help. And they drive, you know, this is the 70s. People right. They don't have, have cell phones. phones. Right. And they're in the middle of the desert. So there ain't no pay phones around. So apparently they drive to an, a nearby airstrip. Where she's then, I think, taken by helicopter to the hospital. Oh, good thinking. And her characterization is that by the time she gets to the hospital, she lost half of her blood supply, whatever, half of her blood. Yeah. Um, and supposedly while she's in the hospital, she gets up with a sketch artist from, from the police department who is supposedly very gifted. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like the, the way the book talked about it was like, you know, a lot of times they just, it's like a little series of images, like, okay, give me the eyebrows, number six. All right. right. And then nose, and then they just flip through and it's like this weird composite thing, but this dude actually drew it based off of her characterization. And apparently it bore, and you, you can actually Google it. It bore a striking, striking resemblance to this guy. Um, to the point that actually, I think ultimately one of the things that cracked the case was. Say, I don't know how you gonna search it. We all know. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell. Well, I'll it, tell you. Her name. He, uh, yeah, something Mary Vincent. Mary Vincent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're probably gonna get pictures of the dude of of the actual guy. His. So all right, cat. Oh, look at the sketch. Is that's this one that's right here? the sketch. This guy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, the guy's name. Well, uh, maybe I'm. Hey, you know, look, I haven't even. I haven't even. I mean, well, okay. Well, I, I said he. I he she said, "Dude's name's Larry." Right. And, and they, they like that. so basically they, as I understand it, they worked this composite or, or this sketch and a neighbor of his came forward and was like, that's my neighbor. I know that dude. That's my neighbor, Larry. His name is Larry Singleton. And, um, supposedly she was in the hospital for a month, but as I understand it, let me see. Get my, my first opinion out, you Um Yeah. 
he was he was he was identified through a description given by Mary, and I think she was actually, as I recall, that she was able it's to a give dead on sketch. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. She gave a a bomb sketch that was almost identical to this dude. Based on her recollection, she was staring him down so hard, and this artist was so talented. And then she did the same thing, as I understand it, with this house where they went to pick up the stuff. Oh, because, yeah, he took her there first. Forgot about that. And friend came forward and was like, yeah, I know Larry. Here's where he lives. And his it was, his residence was in San Pablo. You know what I'm going to say looking at the picture of him, though. He looked like a criminal. Like, he looked guilty <laughs> as shit. Um, and they, they searched his house. And... How many arms did they find of other people? Uh, well, so that was one thing that I could never confirm. The book represents it as one of her arms washed up in the San Francisco Bay under the Golden Gate Bridge. A guy was fishing when he saw it on the rocks. And there was a picture in a black and white in this book mm -hmm. that was very grainy that purported to be her arm washed up on these rocks along the bay i don't know um but the the opinion out of california says he was identified through a description she gave based off the tip and i guess her recollection of where they went and so forth they they searched his house they found her cigarettes there oh um and they found in the fireplace burnt remnants of clothing that appeared to that were consistent with what she said she was wearing okay okay um and as i indicated he said he told her he had a residence in nevada mm -hmm. so um because i think we'll get into his backstory later i guess but he was married twice wife number one i think they shacked up in the bay area that's this house in san pedro wife number two they bought a place in Sparks, I think it's Sparks plural, Nevada. And he apparently, after Mary is dumped on the side of the road, goes to this Down house there. in Nevada. And he asks a buddy there to help him clean the inside of the van and wash the carpet in the van. Um, Does the friend ask why it's covered in blood? Apparently... I don't think I don't know that there was a lot of blood in the van because all he that well, he hacked her up in the road. That's right. Um, and so apparently, a few days after the attempted murder, he tried to kill himself. It was a scotch and barbiturates or how do you say downers mm -hmm. um, overdose, but he had survived. What a punk. And uh, he was taken into custody by Nevada. He's terrible at killing. Right? <laughs> and Nevada police went to his house and hooked him up. And I, it didn't, there was nothing in the opinion or anything I saw that said like he fought extradition or anything like that. No. But so, um, as I indicated, this happened in March, or no, I'm sorry, in September. Mm -hmm. They had a jury in the box for this crime in March. Wow. Justice delayed is justice denied. That's right. So this happened in... That was super fast. This happened in September of 78. In October of 78, grand jury indicted old boy. 
Okay. One month. They were like, we that's it. And okay. I'll, I'll, I'll note too, that at least in the book, um, they have, a, there was a lot of what purports to be, I, I have a hard time taking, having, taking stock in this book because mm-hmm. the book doesn't really have a lot of attribution for hardly anything. And there's almost like a disclaimer in the beginning that goes, oh yeah, this is court records and police who talk to me and so on and so forth, but don't get it twisted. I'm taking, uh, you know, literary license and oh, certain portions and okay. recreating stuff. And I'm like, so I don't really know, but he apparently did speak with police. That's what I was going to ask. Did he give a statement for a very long time? They interviewed him. They took multiple cracks at him over the course of hours and hours and hours. And he always maintained he didn't do it. Um, but so ba- I mean, that more, sketch though, more or less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More or less. They have her. Well, that's not true. He said he didn't do it, but in his version of events, he did acknowledge picking her up. Like he, he basically, oh yeah, no, I picked her up. She was everything, everything but the she said, and the arm the rape, cutting off. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. everything she says up. is accurate, but the part where I raped That's her and cut her arms off, that didn't happen. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Then I don't how know. does he describe? I don't know where her their arms interactions went. coming to an end. He, so it was very convoluted. Of course it was because it was a lot. Right, it was total fiction. He says that he picked up two other dudes, and they were in the van, and they were like taking turns having sex with her for money and then she was pulling a knife on him and there was a gun of course and was. there was oh, yeah. there what? like the other dudes did it and one of the other guys in the van his name was larry and it, uh, just none of it made any i mean it was total nonsense yeah. but he was not coming off of i did not do this and so based on that whole suicide attempt that was bullshit that was that was coincidental right her clothes her cigarettes at mm-hmm. his house yeah her saying he's the guy drawing him to a T like her not having any damn hands, man. Right. right. And her, I mean, no doubt that it happened. It was <sighs> just a, as far as him. He said being the like, other Larry. I think I would remember who took my hands. And that's mm-hmm. what the detective said, at least in, I don't know if it was a dramatized reenactment or mm-hmm. if that was actually like a recording that somebody gave this dude on the low. Yeah. But yeah, they were like, bro, you don't think she remembers? Mm. Like she was conscious the whole time. Ugh. You didn't hack her up. While she was asleep and then, you know, you bounced and she woke up and she's like, where are my limbs? This wasn't like some, you know, organ harvesting right. dynamic. It right. was, she, she knew. She, she and looked I, and I at just, you. I, I, I really still don't understand this. I mean, I'm not saying like I understand serial killers or whatever, but okay. He picks up this young girl who nobody's going to miss, right? That, those are the ones that you lose. The homeless 15-year-old girl who's mm-hmm. far from home. He picks the perfect victim. He gets her into his rape van. He gets her going. He gets some liquor in her, all this other kind of stuff. Gets her tied up. Uh, rapes her for a long time, does whatever, and then he's taken her to this spot in the desert where he's apparently made the decision to, he's got a hatchet and he's going to do shit with it and intends to leave her for dead. I just don't understand cutting off both of her arms and throwing her off a thing. Like, you've got that hatchet, like, hatchet her head. Like, why why would you not make sure her well, because she's suffering that's part of the excitement of it for oh, her probably. Well, that's probably true yeah, that's you're fair. probably right about that god this guy sucks but so yeah within a month backfired though mm. the and I, I assume i'm pronouncing this correctly stanislaus county in california stanislaus county grand jury indicted him on uh two counts of forcible rape two counts of forcible oral copulation uh, a count of kidnapping, a count of mayhem, and a count of attempted murder. 
Mayhem. And somewhere, I swear to God, I, Is that I know what I call I cutting them. off your arms? I know. Hold on. I'm going to look it up right now. I know I had the definition of mayhem saved somewhere and then I lost it. I have a definition it's that for dude it. Do you have it? From the insurance no. commercials. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Protect yourself from mayhem like me. He's the uh, the the boyfriend of the person on um, Law and Order. Benson. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that guy. Yeah, this this would suggest if, if this is an accurate definition, if I'm looking at the right statute, it says every person who is unlawfully and or who unlawfully and maliciously deprives a human being of a member of his body or disables, disfigures, or renders it useless. You or, was right. Or cuts or disables the tongue, or puts out an eye, or slits the nose, ear, or lip is guilty of mayhem. Or the lip. I think we're in a different a different stadium. We're playing a different California sport. California has had so many people cut off people's limbs right. and body parts that they have enacted a specific statute to deal with it. Yeah. It's not just a malicious wounding. No. It's mayhem. It's mayhem, baby. Yes, yeah, so I, I might have missed. I don't know. It was seven counts. It was count one, rape, count two, copulation, count two or three, kidnapping, four, sodomy, five, forcible oral copulation, Six mayhem, seven attempted murder. Um, he two entered two a plea of not of guilty on all counts. Yeah, one count of mayhem, two counts of mayhem. My man this took one. California needs a fixed day charging. Um, he entered a plea of not guilty, and because of the publicity associated with the case, a change of venue was granted, and the trial was conducted in San Diego County. Hmm. Um, and. Like I said, by March of 79, they had a verdict and shocker guilty on all counts. Mm -hmm. But then this is where it starts to get. This is like this is maybe part two of the three parts of this. Mary Vincent slash uh, Larry Singleton. He has to have killed other people. Well, you would assume. And so like that's I guess maybe we can segue back into like who this dude is. Right. Mm -hmm. He was born in. Hold on, give me a second. He was born July 28th, 1927 in Tampa. Mm. He was a Korean war vet, apparently, supposedly, fought in, he, he like, apparently, he, you know, after the war, came back and was telling people war stories, and who knows whether they were accurate, but supposedly, it was it was represented, he fought at the Battle of Porkchop Hill, which I never heard of, but apparently was an incredibly gruesome battle that devolved into tremendous uh, amounts of hand-to-hand combat. Yikes. And uh, that was in 1953. And then I have to assume thereafter, he comes back. Now he's a vet. What am I going to do with my life? He decides I'm going to be a sailor. And he takes up the mantle of a merchant marine. Um, He apparently was very gifted in the realm of shippery. Uh, Do tell. He was what was uh, supposedly the book says he was designated a, quote, unlimited master, which is the highest grade license, essentially, that the Coast Guard can bestow. I mean, on that's somebody. a pretty cool title. I am an unlimited master. Yeah. And basically it says you can I don't know what the word is, but basically you can pilot whatever kind of ship, whatever kind of vessel you want. Hmm. Giant ass cruise ship, a huge oil tanker. You got the skill. You can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, Come on, skipper. And so being a guy from Tampa originally, now post-war, he's back home. His original sort of base of operations in this nautical game is Nolens. Mm -hmm. And but then by 1963, he's relocated to the Bay Area. He took a job on a on a ship that was out of Oakland, which 
LA and San Fran aren't that close, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know when exactly, but he married a woman by the name of Shirley. Shirley, as best I can figure, died of cancer in 1968. With Shirley, he had a daughter by the name of Debbie. And when, Oh, I forgot he had a similar age daughter. Yes, when that was true. This. When he said that to her, it was true. That's uh, dirty bastard. <clears throat> Extra weird mm-hmm. he, um, and awful. He was, she was 16 or 17. Um, well, I, I think it was about this time. She was 16, 17. And she and he got into an argument about the house, the San Pedro house. Uh, because I guess it was in Shirley's name, mm-hmm. dead dead mama's name, mm-hmm. and it was well known. I guess people uh, well known among people who knew him that he was a pretty nice guy. Mm-hmm. But when he started drinking, he turned into a monster. Mm-hmm. And um, apparently, in this instance, where he and his sixteen, seventeen year old daughter got into this argument about the the house. He started thumping her upside the head to the point that she had to be briefly hospitalized. And at best I can figure, based on what's referenced in the book, was she filed and, and more or less was emancipated. Huh. Um, and then in 1970, he's on board a ship he was serving as the navigator for when he met a woman by the name of Celia, who was the ship's nurse. They would later be married uh, and then subsequently divorced. But uh, once they were married, she learned that he drank entirely too much and could often become violent when he drank. And the thing that was interesting was apparently dude had a stellar professional record. Mm -hmm. Never any allegations of inebriation on the job, nothing like that. Mm -hmm. But when dude was at port, went ham just just in the bottle. mm -hmm. Um, Ooh, I wonder for the... For our drunken sailor friend here, I mean, you think old boy was stacking up bodies in foreign lands? Well, that's the thing. I I don't know. And I mean, this is this happens in the 70s mm-hmm. and he's been at it. I would assume that, you know, the, the, the war, the battle was in 53. So probably 20 ish years he's been at sea, literally sailing the world. There was stuff about like indonesia and like i don't know vietnam or something i mean asia everywhere mm-hmm. the whole world so he probably does have bodies the world round and just nobody knew um because like you said you don't just wake up as a 50 some odd year old dude and you go you know what i'm gonna abduct a 15 year old and cut her hands off mm-hmm. you probably graduated to that that was yeah. a progression and so dude was probably homing his skills or honing his skills rather for decades around the world and in, in third world countries and nobody gave a shit and then he messed up and didn't finish the job with old girl here in california and she you know was able to pin it on him yeah made him pay um so yeah at trial he is he's bodied um yeah and he he did not testify in his trial in california um, but the statements he made to police that were consistent with Mary as to the earlier, everything up to chopping off a of hands, mm-hmm. uh, that was, that was accurate. Um, yeah. And that was pretty much it. But so then based under, based so on. So is he in for life? Well, so yeah, what, they is, what do you get though? Here's, what they here's get where him. it goes. And yeah, right. In California, they got the death penalty. 
Well, what uh, <laughs> what would carry the kidnapping? Would the kidnapping carry? I, the I, I, I didn't look at the penalties, but here you go. This one's gonna. This one. This is where it gets good. Okay. I mean, as if you know what happened to her wasn't crazy enough. Sure. Here's here's round two of the craziness. Oh, wait. In the, uh, okay. No. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, I he gets you. bodied of all seven counts, mm -hmm. and they're uh, based upon the laws on the books in California at the time. You want to guess what he got sentenced to? You want to guess? I mean, we were talking the body and him. It ain't be life. life. It ain't life, and it ain't it ain't the death penalty, and it ain't life. I'll give you that. The kidnapping should be life. Um. Okay, so we're talking mayhem. We're talking limbs. We're talking. Yep. We're talking Multiple oral counts of rape. Right. Copulation is their definition of oral rape. Mm -hmm. So They've there's got... seven counts. Yes. Attempted murder. Attempted murder. 30, 35 years. Mm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 50. 14. What? 14? <laughs> One he four. got less years than she had been alive? Yes. He got sentenced to a total of 14 and one third years in prison as follows. Attempted murder. What? 10 years. <laughs> Everything else is rape, which, so we don't care. Which uh, apparently with the way they do it was it was six years for mm -hmm. attempted murder and then one additional year for the use of a weapon mm -hmm. and then three additional years for the infliction of great bodily injury. Count one, rape. One and one third years for like a like a sexual assault of a, a violent sexual assault. Yeah. For for rape. Right. Yeah. Penetration. Mm -hmm. And then counts two and five oral copulation. Oh, heavens. Uh, One year each. Now, all this rank and sec. But yeah, one year for. What is mayhem a misdemeanor? Yeah. Uh, Do tell. And then. How is all this? Can sect, but oh, still only 14. On. He got, oh, I don't know if I said this earlier. He got sodomy. Um, one year. For the butt. For, yep. For mayhem and kidnapping, it said oh, yeah. they were. How about the kidnapping charge? I don't understand what they did exactly, how this worked, but the, the opinion out of California, the appellate opinion says that they were, those sentences, the, the mayhem and kidnapping were stayed. Pending completion of the sentences on the other counts. I don't know that. I guess they just were like, you're good. I no. don't know what that means. They just, they, it said, the like, we, we're not going to give you a sentence on those. There's just stayed. Mm. It doesn't say that it was Im imposed later. Mm. It just says stayed generally. Did understand. we have a patriot in the penal system who made him pay? No. Ah, come now. So he does eight. Ish. You talk about this dude gets out? Well, hold on, hold on. He does. Yes. He he does. Um, this dude who just did all of the things that you described walks what, out of was prison. Con was convicted of doing all of the things. Mm -hmm. Not just that he did it, was convicted of no, it. That's true. He walks out of prison. So, um, oh, and I, I should have mentioned that uh, uh, further evidence, is she a bad bitch? As you would expect in a case of that nature, she would have to. She testified at trial. Of course. Um, I saw a bunch of pictures of her. Did she advocate sentencing for her him to get more than 14 years? Well, apparently. In I mean, the, I in the, back, she can't even give him a finger. In the, yeah, that's right. It's word. In the opinion, the judge, the sentencing Make you judge, chase these was, hooks. said like, yeah, I'm I throwing hooks. wish 
I could sentence you for the rest of your life, but I'm giving you the max permissible under law. Now, how that how that works, whatever it worked, you, how that works when you stay multiple convictions. Right. I don't know. Multiple right. sentences. I don't right. get that. But he was like, this is the worst I can do to you. I wish I could do worse. But the legislature has said this is the sentencing scheme coming from a state that had the needle. Oh, yeah. Could have killed can kill people. But for this, well, uh, we didn't value women in our society in 1978. Well, that's yeah. Kidnapping should be life. Mm. And I mean, let's be honest. She was a hitchhiker. Hitchhiking runner. Wearing short. She, she, asked, she for asked for it. it. You know it. You know how it you is. You know it, bro. Um, Certainly. And so he is sentenced to serve his time <sighs> at the California Men's Colony. And I can never pronounce this correctly. San Luis Obispo. San Luis Obispo. I don't know how the hell, but Stupid whatever. Some California. some town in California. He's mm-hmm. at the men's colony, which is a euphemism for prison. Um, but sounds like a summer camp. It gets well, better. It gets better. Under a 1983 work incentive law, you got a day off your sentence for every day that you worked a job in prison. No. And he availed himself of this program, not only under those like I guess it was just a general. You get to participate. Everyone is eligible. I suppose. I guess if it was like, if you're not a straight up lifer, you, you get can to take participate. advantage of this. And he did. And he worked at the machine shop. He worked in the commissary. He worked as a student aide in the educational program. And given the time he'd already served prior to trial and the time he'd shaved off working, he got paroled in 1987 after serving eight years and change. I'm so upset with California right now. And the so then this second the, the, the they find another body. Well, no, Chama. I say another body like she's dead. They find <laughs> right? a body. No, they don't. Some nothing, nothing of that sort. But the interesting thing was the DOC is trying to find a place to parole this dude, and everywhere vehemently objects. They tried no shit. You like they, they tried multiple jurisdictions within California. They I'll get into how that played out, but basically it was no dice, sorta, to the point that they were like, "Hey Nevada, you want to take him?" They were like, "Sure, don't." <laughs> and hey, no. Hey, well you're from Tampa, Florida. You want him? The fuck we do? Nope. It Florida I ain't even taking. And I'll um, tell you something. They got alligators, right? And so there was a lot of just general political opposition right like mayors so some people cared they were like hell no okay and this this apparently was a huge a huge deal in california okay so it wasn't like just under the rug oh no 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 people were pissed okay all right and and it did ultimately result in in some reform i think actually based upon this there was i i'd have to confirm this to be totally certain but my understanding generally is there was something, you know, uh, proposed in the legislature called the Singleton Bill. And basically it was something to they added more or less torture to the code. And if you do what he did, it's life hmm. like automatic. I forget hmm. how they define. Uh, you Why know, you name it after the punk instead of the survivor? Well, I, I just right. that was that was the way I think it was d- just, you know, maybe mm-hmm. it was. Maybe it was truly the Vincent Bill or whatever, but most oh, okay, people right. called it that because he was the asshole that was like, okay, we need to make sure he can't, you know, people can't do what he did again. Sure. Um, yeah, so I think they did, based upon this, enact a statute entitled Torture, and it reads, 
um, anyone with intent to cause cruel or extreme pain and suffering for the purpose of revenge, extortion, persuasion, or sadistic purpose inflicts great bodily injury on another person that guilty is torture is guilty of torture. Uh, it does not require any proof that the victim actually suffered actual pain mm. to be guilty of torture. Um, he was just fixing to do it. Yes. Okay. And I believe, as I indicated, I believe that this is uh, it's punishable by life. Okay. But uh, I think they need to relook at that penalty for mayhem and kidnapping. <laughs> I can't get over Let's it. Let's get back to kidnapping. Kidnapping here is life. Right. Yeah. I think it is most places. Yeah. I wonder if it is now in California. Kidnapping Probably. is one of the capital offenses. So, yeah, I mean, I guess if there was one positive takeaway from Mary Vincent's nightmare was that I think it did result in a, a good bit of statutory reform. Um, but so they so, yeah, like I said, there was a lot of general political opposition mayors. No, he's not in my backyard. You sure. Know, that sort of thing. But it went beyond just general, like blowing up the airwaves, going on print. They actually these general uh, different judicial uh, jurisdiction municipalities were sending counsel into court and actually getting temporary restraining orders saying that the Department can't of bring Corrections cannot bring this debt, this dude here. Mm. And they were getting granted. Um, so the DOC was enjoined from placing Singleton in all these different places. And eventually Alaska. Uh, well, eventually an appeal went through and uh, an appellate court or judge, whatever, ruled that look, jurisdictions, you can't tell DOC that people, just because they committed crimes, that they can't live there. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. But when legal and political channels failed, uh, people mobs. Took, took you talk about the mobs. Army. Yeah, lynch mobs. They, so what they did apparently was they had this dude, DOC, they were, um, they were housing him in in motels hotels motels mm -hmm. holiday, holiday inn and they, they were uh and he had to have a like a protective detail sure he had four bodyguard doc like bodyguards effectively mm -hmm. on him at all times and basically what happened was they put him in one town under the radar ostensibly and then people would get to talking and then they'd be like, oh, my God, it's him. He's here. And then lynch mobs would show up and they'd have to move him to another place and another place and another place. And they kept doing this. And then finally, the governor of California was like, I got an idea. I got an idea. I guess he is like in his executive capacity can just direct DOC. You shall do whatever. Do this. Mm -hmm. And his out of the box thinking was there is essentially a colony, uh, a community, residential community for civilian personnel at San Quentin. We're going to put him at San Quentin. We're going to give him a trailer and he's going to live at the prison on the premises. Mm -hmm. Now he can't, he can't mingle with any of the, you know, civilian folk. He's got to kind of live here cordoned in his residence. And then he's still going to have to be escorted every time he wants to leave the prison grounds because the citizens are going to murder him. Mm -hmm. Um, but so as to placate the masses. What a waste of money. Oh, yeah, they, and they the talk about they spent good. being a bodyguard for a for dude a who should have just been life in prison. Yeah. yeah, and they spent a lot of money doing it. I mean, they had to pay for the hotels. They had to pay the man hours, the transportation. Like, right. They spent a lot of money on this dude just keeping him alive. Why'd they parole him without anywhere to send him? Why didn't they just Maybe, keep him in until kill, they had a plan? Maybe they killed his sentence eventually. I, it sounds like they couldn't. Yeah, I don't know. With the With the... 
Oh, how the, the parole shoes. eligibility and all that, but basically, it I'm was, sure state by state that's very different. Yeah. yeah, and as I understood it, after the expiration of eight years, and I think it was four months, it was like, no, this dude, this dude gets out. He's done. And then he was on parole, as I understand it. Generally, he was on parole for um, a year. <laughs> and wait, the, does that mean the protection goes away too when he's done with it? Yes. Aww. Oh, I forgot to mention too. Whether there was no Aww. no corroboration of this, but there's no reason not to believe her. Mm-hmm. Supposedly during the trial, when I guess maybe when Mary left the stand mm-hmm. and had to walk past, oh boy, dude, mm-hmm. he said something to the effect of, "If it's the last thing I do, I'll finish the job." Holy shit! That's what she said. He said to her in her ear. Mm. And so then, um, he was paroled i believe like i think it was in- <laughs> you go from that to so he was oh, paroled. paroled yeah so he got out and then he killed his parole he did a year in a trailer at san quentin oh, that's something he could kill yeah right um and so and that was that and like you said you know as you you suggested the folks in california were none too pleased to rub elbows with old boy so as i understand it he basically immediately uh skedaddled and moved back on down to florida mm-hmm. went back to the tampa region mm-hmm. living with family that was still there his his original family was still there roots were there mm-hmm. and so he goes back to tampa and that was 87 88 And he had a couple brushes with the law thereafter where he was like shoplifting dumb shit. Like one of them, I think, was a disposable camera. One of them was like a hat. And he got I I had notes on it somewhere. But like he basically he got a I think it was a six month sentence for the one shoplifting instance and then two years on the other. But like the computation of the actual time served, you know, actual confinement. I don't know how that works. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, he's basically bouncing around from residents to residents in the greater Tampa area, living with this relative, that relative. And then eventually I think, as I understood it, some relative of his gave him a healthy chunk of money for um, a down payment on a house. I should also note that old girl, Mary Vincent sued him and got like a two and a half million dollar judgment against him, but he He had no money. And then there was actually like people super wanted to murder him because I don't know if he actually filed it and then it, you know, got like dismissed in on summary judgment or if he was just threatening it, but there was definitely discussion about the fact that he said he was going to sue her for false imprisonment and a couple other I things. Cause he was I like, mean, that's no, what no, no, these do. I was in the, I was in the, in the van and she held the knife to me. That's and then Larry, these... the other dude cut her arm. It wasn't me. And you now think she's convicted out. beyond a reasonable doubt. Right. Sit down and shut the fuck up. <laughs> right. Be happy you ever got out of prison because that in itself was a gift. Mm-hmm. Piece of trash. So now Seriously. he's in in Tamper. And all seems to be going well. Good. Except for the fact that Larry is a lonely fellow mm. who has a penchant for uh, imbibing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And he enjoys the company of ladies of the night. And he, in that capacity, meets a woman by the name of Roxanne Hayes. I think she went by Roxy. Yes, she did. And Roxy was a well-known local prostitute. Mm -hmm. I think she was a 
mother of three. And I think she was not technically married to a dude, but they more or less held themselves out as husband and wife mm -hmm. for a long time. And I forget what the dynamic was something to do with. He had like some kind of disability that precluded him from doing most work. So like he was the, the stay, stay at home. home spouse and she was the breadwinner and went out, you know, turning tricks for the family. And, um, so yeah, as I said, Larry meets Roxy and, um, Everything's going great until February 19th, 1997, mm. when Homegirl is at his house and a guy by the name of Paul Hitson, who had been hired by Singleton to do some painting around the house, testified that he went to the house, knocked on the door, called Larry, um, no, no response, walks into the house and hears a muffled gurgling sound for help uh he said he started walking through the house being like what the hell is that when he heard another cry for help and upon entering the doorway to the family room he saw singleton hunched over a body on the couch he left the house like i think in a panic just ran out of the house um and then i guess he went to an exterior window and looked in and was like what the hell did i just see and he sees Roxy on the couch, not moving with Singleton standing over her with his hand around her neck. He testified that he then saw Singleton make three downward pounding motions on Hayes's chest and neck area accompanied by a bone crushing sound. Uh, Hitson then ran the hell out of there and called telephone for help. And because uh, stop that. And I mean, not that I expect him to. He freaked out. But at the same time. <clears throat> and the evidence at trial was that uh, Singleton stabbed Hayes seven times oh, God. with the fatal wound penetrating the right ventricle of her heart, causing her to bleed to death. Uh, a the associate medical examiner for Hillsborough County testified he examined Roxy's body, said she had six stab wounds on her trunk and the seventh on her face, which were consistent with the attacker being face to face bent over the victim. Miller also testified that Hayes had several very deep defensive wounds on her hands, including one that almost severed the index and middle fingers on her left hand. Miller estimated that Hayes would have been conscious for at least four to five minutes after sustaining the fatal wound to her heart. And Singleton, actually in this go around in this trial did testify in his own defense. Oh, good. And he testified that on the in day of the murder, his own defense, he did. And it was interesting because at least I, this is where I, it was the guy, it, the guy from the first van. No, the cut off that he followed other him. Larry. Yeah. Other Larry no, no, followed no. him to Tampa. I, I did. And, it. Uh, oh, I did it. But, but here's, here's the mitigation. Okay. Um, he testified that on the day of the murder, after consuming prescription medication, antihistamines, and alcohol, he picked Hayes up and drove her to his house to perform oral sex. Singleton stated that after Hayes had eaten and they'd engaged in sex, Hayes grabbed his wallet as he was attempting to give her money for her cab fare back home. And he said that when she tried to take my wallet, a struggle ensued and I took the wallet back from her. And then she picked up a knife that I kept on the couch and she swung it at me. And during the altercation, I was trying to disarm her, 
which is how she got stabbed six times in the torso and, and once, once in the, in the face. face. Well, maybe he doesn't understand the concept of disarmed. Yeah, right. Dig. That's true. Um, <laughs> that was a terrible joke. <laughs> um, uh, but also, didn't your painter just see you stabbing uh, all girl just, while she was laying on the couch helpless, yelling for help? Gurgling well, for help? Yeah. Yeah, that's true, too. I, I guess he just was trying to gaslight fools. Um, that's how these people as, operate. Yeah, as, as you most do. criminals do. Mm. But according to the book, there was a lot as you can so apparently some people knew who larry singleton was what he was about mm-hmm. and they were nervous but like okay whatever it was a long time ago he's an old man now mm-hmm. i think it was 59 maybe maybe 59 60 ish when he kills uh roxy um i thought he was in his 50s when he, he i think he was 51 killed when he killed girl. old girl okay so he's no, six, he didn't six, kill her. Or right, right. Yeah, he I know, I know, I know, Mary I know, I know. And she's, yeah, yeah. I know, but he is, so he was 50 couple, and then now he's probably 60, 60 couple. Um, or no, I guess that's not true. He probably would have been closer to 70 because he was 10 years mm-hmm. between getting paroled. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, who the hell knows? He was old. He was an right? old man. and Still old, capable man. of murder. Yeah, still capable Doesn't of taking a knife yeah, and stabbing somebody to death. Um, and so apparently when this did happen and, and media became wise to it it was a firestorm like holy shit we can't believe this dude that the they actually okay so the book that i didn't want to give you the name of mm-hmm. it was called the mad chopper and that was apparently his nickname in the media you know you had the hillside strangler you got the mad chopper mm. and they're like holy shit the mad chopper strikes again now here in florida mm-hmm. so like locusts they flock when he's doing perp walks from this proceeding to that or whatever and apparently he just straight up was like i did it and and uh did he ever fess up to uh cut mary vincent's arms off i think he always maintained his innocence on that one Mm. um i mean probably i don't know so not that it matters but i think the eyewitness maybe he was like okay i did it but i can't i can't say i didn't this time because right because somebody saw me do it it. um but i can't just fabricate two dudes out of thin air who did it while i just happened to be there um but Apparently, the trial strategy, as the, the, the book suggests, it had a lot of excerpts supposedly from trial transcripts that um, their strategy was, well, yes, it was murder, but it wasn't first degree. It was essentially heat of passion. Mm-hmm. They didn't, oddly enough, formally, according to the book, move like try to establish any sort of diminished capacity given the alcohol consumption and the and the uh, pills he was on. Mm-hmm. But just basically were like, yeah, she tried to rob him. It got heated and without any you know, malice of forethought without any premeditation, just stabbed her. And and that heat of passion stabbed her like seven times. So they were angling for a murder too. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't get it. The jury did not buy that. And he was convicted of first degree murder. And during the bifurcated penalty phase of the trial in Florida, the jury recommended death. Mm. And go. But interestingly enough, uh, apparently, I guess the recommendation of the death penalty in Florida at the time, anyway, um, did not have to be unanimous. Hmm. It was 10 to 2. And the trial court, I don't know if this is true, but actually I, I read a book a while back. Um, did they mention during either his trial or sentencing that he had chopped a woman's arms off previously? I would well, think that's really so, relevant. So during, to me, that's they, relevant. I think there was something to do. I didn't, like I said, I didn't read the entire opinion. I think actually the book suggested that the reference to the stuff with Mary Vincent did not come in during the evidentiary phase, but Florida actually flew Mary to the sentencing mm. 
So you damn right. She testified that this is what had happened to me by old boy. And <laughs> we're wrong. This and we're, we're not so a video wrong. Podcast. Yeah, we're it's... so wrong. And uh God, I hate us. And um and so yeah, she she came in, testified. It's like, let me tell you about it. And they were like, uh, yeah, deaf for sure. Mm-hmm. And except for two, apparently. Yeah, right? apparently two people were like, I just can't. You do see that. that certified bad gal come up with no hands and be like, I Cal- told California. California done messed up. I told him. And now you've got the chance. And now poor uh, Miss Hayes. He was. Is, six, I, I just found it. He was. 60, he was sixty nine. Okay. He was sixty nine at the time. What a, Please what a tell system. me the state got him before God did. No. no. Oh! Of course not. Nope. He was on death row and cancer got him. In God's like they're taking Tell me it was butt cancer. I think it was throat cancer. Oh. I think he was a smoker. Oh. Um, God said they're taking too long. 2001. Smited him. T- 2001. Smited him. The Lord had struck him down. Some life sentences with, are longer uh, than With others. life. And Mary... Although when he um, was paroled and it became public knowledge, the dude was prowling the streets again, Mm -hmm. was absolutely terrified, particularly given what he said to her at trial. You don't say. Um, And she, I guess, planted her seed in the greater Seattle Tacoma area. Mm -hmm. And she ultimately married a dude by the name of Mark McCain, I believe it was. Yes. They had two children. Later got divorced. Um, and I don't know this to be true, but the last I was able to find, she's living in an area called Gig Harbor um, in Washington, just north of Tacoma, south of Seattle. And she, although I if think only we had known this. I know. Yeah, right. I would have when I was out there. Um, but um, be a dope selfie to have. She Certified. apparently, you know. Has had a lot of financial difficulty. It's it's not oh. been it's life has not been kind to Mary Benson, and there was no like sort of reparations for the fact that sure. this happened to her. Did uh, she ever get any money out of him? No, of course not. Hell no, he didn't have shit. I thought he ended up with a house and that he that he he's got some money from Ken and pay up. Yeah, I mean, she, she write a book or something. There was there was a, a reference to she got you know some money. There was there was a thing that apparently one of her issues was that. There was like a, a California Crime Victims Compensation Fund, mm-hmm. but she wasn't eligible for it because she was a Nevada resident who just happened to be hitchhiking in California. And I guess you had to have residency here in order to be paid by the state. And I don't know. There was reference to like perhaps they greased the skids on that one. Yeah. And she did get some kind of public assistance. But basically, yeah, like she did not walk into any windfalls or everything it's or anything it's been a struggle for her the rest of her life but she oddly enough or or inspiringly enough uh what i think she primarily does for income is she's an artist she apparently specializes i wasn't able to actually find anything online i mean i didn't dig too hard but Mm -hmm. i was trying to find some pieces that were like okay this is her but supposedly her specialty is like sort of cartoony type drawings mm-hmm. of uh like women that she turns into superheroes but yeah 
that that is her life i don't really know there's not much more to say than apparently she's like kind of a struggling artist who doesn't really i mean has no hands i mean does she not does she not like i i feel like she would be high up on a list of motivational speaker types making money i mean but do you really want to go around and have to talk about this all the time no Mm -hmm. no no i i'm sure that would suck but it's a it's an inspirational story in that survivor i mean I she did say, the survivor I can't show she survived yeah yeah i can't either but yeah it says like let's see let's pull her up here on the wikipedia's um, art i mean it says that she spoke openly about finding healing by becoming a victim's advocate in support of victims rights and delivers motivational speeches mm-hmm. paying but, it forward certified told you um, certified it says she works with chalk pastels to create create powerfully upbeat women like female action figures she also draws family and individual portraits on commission her customized prosthetics oh that was another thing apparently she 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 characterizes herself as a tinkerer and mm-hmm. she has come up with a host of different types of prosthetics for herself okay and she has one like apparently one of the things she likes to do is bowl and she has some sort of like cork hand thing that she's come up with that like allows the, enough to go in the yeah that like goes into the holes in the ball and she bowls with shit she's created in her like garage. That's fantastic. Um. So yeah, I mean, good for you, Mary Vincent. Seriously. But yeah, so like I said, she obviously has had just the worst go of uh, of life, but through her trauma and and everything she you know brought about apparently much needed sentencing reform in california and you know i think the penalties now are a lot stiffer for these violent crimes and so in a lot of ways i guess she was sort of the martyr for right later to help victims. other people so, yeah. because what what a an absolute failure of the system right right i mean not only not... did mary vincent not get the justice that she deserved but another woman had to die right right mm-hmm. yeah she i mean Maybe somebody would have killed her. Who knows? I mean, in that line of work, it's inherently potential or but possible. Th- we but know it wouldn't have been this would guy. would not have. Yeah. No way. Not a chance. Mm. But mm. yeah, that is the infuriating, uplifting, all, all the feels story of Mary Vincent and Larry Singleton. That is amazing. Isn't that, is that some of her gangster shit? It's a Rosie the Riveter sort of pose, but the woman doesn't have hands. Oh, she has uh, yeah, the yeah, prosthetics. The, uh, and it's got her name at the bottom. I wonder if she yeah. drew that. I would think. That's pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. You can buy a print. 20 bucks. Survivor art print. Mm-hmm. Put it on a wall. That's badass. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is an unofficial fan-made design. Created out of respect and admiration. See, this is not old girl stuff. That's what I was. I was having a hard time finding because I was hoping that like she had a, a gallery somewhere. You know right. what I mean? And you could buy prints and see it and, and maybe even visit it. But like, it just sounds like she's really been struggling the majority of her life, unfortunately. Well, and mm. it's not hard to understand. Why. Oh, yeah. No. Absolutely. That she's able to survive at all is is inspiring. But yeah, I just can't imagine like how awful. Well, just think about minus, you know being kidnapped raped and uh grossly deformed by uh, a madman like she was a 15 year old who was found herself in uh, a location she was not familiar with probably you know bay area 
uh, at 15 years old, homeless and by herself to the point that she would get in this murder van with this creep. Uh, I mean, so even before this happened, it sounds like things weren't great. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't know. It sounds like there was there was never anything I could find that said she was not not to victim blame or anything, mm-hmm. but there was nothing that ever suggested that she was the victim of like domestic violence or whatever. I right. think it was just it was a bad situation with parents fighting all the time. And I don't know if maybe there was the the dynamic where you know she was forced to pick sides and felt like i just want to get out of here but Mm -hmm. she forged out on her own at 15 and it did not go well for her well well thanks for that one ray and to raise props to my sister she said i had to give her a shout out as our uh, number one fan so oh if y'all want number one fan props Pay your sister yeah that's true first oh. patreon subscription y'all y'all can take the the uh crown of of uh the, the mantle of number one number fan. one fan yeah that's first 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 bite that's fair and it's a good time to talk about the fact that i think we're going to be launching that patreon maybe by the time this episode comes out i don't know patreon might be live i'm about it um maybe maybe we'll because we have this challenge here that the first person to sign up for the patreon will be the number one fan uh maybe we'll do it as this episode is released Maybe that's when we launch NTB Patreon. Yeah, and maybe, you know, I think just to make sure people are chomping at the bit, perhaps we tease it. Right. Mm-hmm. We're going to have this. Here's the race. Who wants to be first? It's coming on Wednesday. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'll put, like, it, on, I'll put it on the socials, on yeah. the social medias. Yeah. Let them know when it's going to go down. They're going to crash our Patreon. Yeah, time. right. Live yeah. at five. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be like Taylor Swift with them concert tickets. <laughs> yeah, right. We're going to break ticket. You know, we're ticket break yeah, Patreon. Yeah, probably not, but money would be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, money would be cool. And uh, don't forget to follow us on the Instagram, No True Bill Podcast <laughs> on the gram. Uh, send us an email. We check it sometimes. No True Bill Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and yeah, and like I said, I mean, this episode was straight up fan recommendation. Yeah. You know? I mean, my sister was like, yo, look into this. I was like, oh my God, that's interesting. And here yeah. we are. So we do take recommendations uh, seriously. An excellent recommendation. Um, so yeah, wow, golly! Don't trust people in murder vans. Yeah, don't hitchhike, y'all. Don't hitchhike. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Stay strapped. Definitely not when you're 15. Like oh. that's, no, don't do that. Yeah, you would sure and don't be hitchhiking. Don't be doing that. It doesn't lead to anything good. No, ever. Hmm. Which could really be encompassed, if you think about it, by saying, "Until next time, y'all stay out of trouble." <laughs>